Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. All right, you intrepid souls, I think you win. I think this is the most attendance we've had so far this weekend. <laughs> Good morning as well to you guys at home. <clears throat> so I'm wondering, you guys, uh, Valentine's Day, you know that in our parish, this is the day we traditionally have couples renew their marriage vows. And I'm wondering if the church decided to have a little fun with us, because on Valentine's Day, this day where we celebrate love, what is the reading that it gives us for our first reading? Scabs, postules, and blotches. Wow. I mean, I'm surprised they forgot to include the phlegm and the ooze and the discharge, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go have breakfast now. <laughs> I doubt the reading's intentional. At least I hope it's not intentional, right? Um, but on the other hand, I wonder if there's not something here for us to think about. Those of you who are married, um, even those of you who've just been in a long-term friendship, you know that real love isn't always pretty, is it? It requires, among other things, sooner or later that we get past our, our hopes, our projections, even our fantasies about the other person so that we can embrace them as they really are, warts and all. So we don't just get their beauty or their intelligence or their wittiness or what have you. There's also their morning breath, their snoring, their leaving their dirty dishes in the sink, their annoying little habits that at first we thought were so charming, but now we just find them obnoxious, right? So living close to somebody, it reveals their sores, physical and also personal, their vices, their weaknesses. And maybe it's a good reminder for us that love, in the end, isn't just about attraction. It's about acting for the other person's good. Willingly, actively willing their good, maybe we could say, right? Even when we're not feeling attracted, even when we're disappointed or annoyed. That's the way that God loves us. And since in the end, all real love is just a participation in his, that's what our love has to become as well. Patient, humble, forgiving, persevering, selfless. Well, I know you know all that, or at least I trust that you're learning that along with me. But you know, there's another quality to this kind of love that I think is worth thinking about for a while, and it's the one I want to focus on to this morning, and it's highlighted actually in the gospel that we just heard. And what I'm thinking about is love's, I'm going to use the word, particularity. Love's particularity. Remember in the gospel, this man approaches Jesus, and everybody else, what do they see? They see leper right? Leper. So diseased, disgusting, repulsive. That's how they see them. But Jesus doesn't see leper. He doesn't see any kind of abstract category like that, does he? He sees a person. He doesn't look at this man and see outcast. He sees a man with a name. He doesn't see unclean. He sees a unique and never-to-be-repeated Son of God. So Jesus looks at this man and loves him in particular with all his blessings and all of his admittedly daunting defects. That's important to remember because that's the way that God loves us. He doesn't love first and foremost humanity. God loves the individual human beings he's created. 
you and me. We're not just anonymous members of God's family. He knows us by name. He knows our history. God doesn't reduce people to collective categories. He loves me in particular. He loves you in particular. And really, isn't that what Christian married love is about? Striving to become a concrete sacrament of God's very particular love for our spouse. When we make those wedding vows, we're agreeing to become for our partner one of the primary ways that God will love them in particular from that day forward, for better and for worse. It's quite a calling, isn't it? To incarnate God's love, in particular for our spouse. But you know, if we think a little bit broader, even beyond marriage, I think there's another aspect to this that we need to ponder. Because in our world today, we're told over and over again that what's most important about us are in fact the collective categories to which we belong. So I'm thinking about things like our ethnic race, our economic class, our sexual orientation, our political preferences, our religion, etc., etc. That's what we're told explains us. If I know the categories to which you belong, I know what's really important about you, and then I'm free to judge you based on those categories. So the individual no longer matters. You no longer matter. Your categories are what matters. Let me give you just a small example of that. A couple of weeks ago, one of our local pastors, not Father Dave, um, went over to the convention center to get his COVID vaccine, which was, he was eligible for because he's the pastor of a parish that has a school attached. Well, he was wearing his collar, and as he waited in line to get a shot, there were two public school principals there with him, and they noticed him and noticed his collar, and without, noticing any, without knowing anything else about him, they began to actually berate him publicly. They assumed that somehow he was gaming the system in order to get his shot, since clergy, in general, aren't yet eligible. I don't know, maybe they read in the paper about the Catholic Church getting illegitimate relief benefits or something like that. I'm not sure. But long story short, Father handled it a lot better than I would have. He patiently and calmly explained the situation to his accusers, and then they eventually they walked away, mollified, if not satisfied. That's just a small example, I think, of a pattern that we're seeing so often in our world today. Today we find ourselves, we're caught up in this struggle with things like racism and Marxism and sexism and anti-Semitism and racial theory and cancel culture. And I think all of these things are just different variations of the same sin, which is to reduce individuals to a category and thereby to depersonalize them. Bishop Barron, who I like so much, notes that this is really kind of an ancient problem that goes all the way back to the Greek philosopher Plato, who thought that what's really real about us is what's most abstract. And it's not that the abstract, those categories, don't have their place as we seek to understand our world and ourselves. Some questions are best handled on that level. But when we move too far in that direction, when we lose sight of the individual, when all we see is a category we start doing real damage to persons and to society. There's a cartoons peanut from years ago that I remember in which Linus says, I love mankind. It's human beings I can't stand. Isn't that true, right? Unlike humanity, people are messy. People are complicated. 
People don't always stay in the nice, neat little boxes in which we'd like to keep them. They upset our orderly little worlds. They frustrate our desire to judge and label and dismiss. But my friends, as Christians, it's people we're called to love more than categories. Jesus died first and foremost, not for humanity, but for you and for me. So as we enter Lent this week, let's think about the people in our own life who we may have dumped into categories. And let's ask God for the grace to begin seeing them as he does. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.